ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, happy holidays. Welcome to my 338th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is seeing sports history yesterday by attending the festive Patriots clinching of the AFC East Division for the 10th straight year, becoming the first team in NFL history to ever do that, and just the second team in all of team sports history, uh, second only to the Atlanta Braves, who clinched 14 straight titles uh, going back to the 90s. So it was a great day yesterday over at Gillette Stadium, uh, merely 20 minutes from where I'm standing doing the show here, and uh, start with just great Christmas outfits uh, throughout the stands. Uh Super, super high energy. It's what we like to call up here uh, a hat and T-shirt game, meaning uh, you can clinch your division, and thereby hats and T-shirts will be distributed to the team after the game. And, of course, the Patriots, uh, as they always seem to do, uh, clinched. It was a good game against the Bills, uh, who came to play, no surprise. It was, uh, you know, they gave the Patriots all they could handle pretty much throughout the game, although the Patriots basically were never really, really threatened. Uh, But it was competitive. And hats off to the Bills for making it so. Um, So a little choppy for the Patriots. And uh, Tom Brady and Gronk still don't quite look like Tom Brady and Gronk. But the fact remains uh, that they're now the number two seed, thanks to an early Christmas present from, of all teams, their Super Bowl foe, the Philadelphia Eagles, who beat the Houston Texans down in Philly in just a great game on a walk-off field goal. Uh, It's funny what this time of year does does to fan bases because a lot of uh, scoreboard watching yesterday, as you can well imagine, at Gillette, the two games were going on at the same time. And uh, lots of cheers for the Eagles, to put it mildly, uh, every time they scored. 
Uh, keep in mind that people uh, that the Eagles beat the Super the Patriots in the Super Bowl just this year, and the Patriots sent out a pretty good tweet for them, uh, which was basically didn't think they would do didn't think we would do this in 2018, but thank you, Nick Foles. For of course leading the charge, having a record-setting day yesterday, uh, and leading the charge to beat the Texans, thereby putting the Patriots in position to get that number two seed, which is of course the bye week uh, and home game in the divisional round, guaranteed. So uh, they get it as long as they beat the Jets at Gillette next Sunday. Uh, pretty sure you can go to the bank with that one, given their past before their past history of December performances at the end of the season at home. So I think it's uh, safe to assume the Patriots will indeed be the number two seed, despite what's been a non-Patriots-like year. And speaking of uh, unusual years, my low light of the week is the. Pittsburgh Steelers basically fumbling away their opportunity to get in the playoffs. They're not dead yet, but on life support at best, they were, give them credit. They went down and played the Saints as well as you can play them. They seemed in absolute control of the game down in New Orleans yesterday, and all they had to do was, if they win, they should still retain their lead over the Ravens and then have to beat the Bengals at home to be in the playoffs. But that didn't happen. Uh, the Steven Ridley, they seemed in, again, total control of the game, uh, looking to go up two scores when Steven Ridley fumbled the ball. He's, of course, a former Patriot who has had fumble-itis in the past. And then it all changed, and Drew Brees became Drew Brees, and the Saints became the Saints in the Dome. Nonetheless, there were still other opportunities, the fake punt, and then finally was uh, closed out when Juju Smith-Schuster fumbled, and uh, and that was that. Uh, so, hard to believe that the Steelers more than likely are not going to be in the playoffs with all that talent. Um, Antonio Brown... Had a just incredible game yesterday. Something like 14 catches, two touchdowns. Uh, business was booming, as they like to say in Pittsburgh. And uh, and for the Steelers to basically have it right there and really lose it due to the two fumbles. That was the key. You can question the Mike Tomlin uh, fake punt call where they were stopped short, thereby giving the Saints the ball late. Uh, but, you know, he went for it. He was aggressive, and uh, which I, uh, I applaud the aggressiveness, that's for sure. But, again, uh, the Steelers, crazy year, starting with the whole Le'Veon Bell thing, and they just never seemed quite right, sort of like the Patriots. Uh, but the Patriots are in and the Steelers are not. So, uh, I think surprising all around to a lot of people, but nonetheless, we'll see what happens next weekend. As big Ben said after the game, the, the story is not complete yet. So we shall see. And my bizarre story of the week, very related is the Ravens going out to San Diego or excuse me, Los Angeles and beating the chargers on Saturday night. 
Keep in mind, the Chargers were the hottest team in the AFC, if not the NFL. They were rested, having beaten the Chiefs in that amazing comeback the previous Thursday night, so 10 days rest. They're playing at home. Uh, and the Ravens just went out and really manhandled them. It was incredible to see, given how, they, how well they've been playing. Uh, the Chargers, that is. I said last week that it was the, uh, the appointment viewing game of the week, and I think I was right. It was incredible to watch. Uh, felt I said last week it felt like it was going to be a wild card weekend game, and that's exactly what it was. And again, all credit to the Ravens. They're now the leaders in the AFC North. They have, if they win, they're in. They beat the Browns. May not be the easiest thing in the world. It's home in Baltimore. So we shall see, but hats off to them. Another great game last night, Seattle beating Kansas City. Uh, Chiefs are sliding like the Rams. And to a degree, the Saints, who got themselves right by beating Pittsburgh. But the three high-powered offensive teams in the NFL have all been uh, slipping. And as defense and running games rise this time of year. But in reality, the... Playoffs start, really, this Sunday night. Uh, the NFL, in its infinite wisdom, did their uh, flex schedule. And Sunday night, uh, this coming Sunday night, football game will be the Titans and the Colts. And winner is in, loser's done. So it doesn't get any better than that. So it's a pre-wildcard playoff game, which will be awesome. And uh, what a way to, to kick it off. Uh, to put it mildly, the last game of the season is always great stuff. And there's just great, uh, you, you know, the way they've balanced the schedule so that the Steelers and Browns are both playing at 425 p.m. Uh, a lot of the games with playoff implications will be late in the 4 o'clock, 425 slot uh, but some in the 1 o'clock, including the Patriots hosting the Jets. So uh, just a, a day-long uh, NFL playoff-deciding day. It's going to be awesome. And lastly, uh, had a great week a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is our weekly New England golf corner. And uh, stayed and played at Innisbrook Golf Club in Palm Harbor, Florida, right near Tampa, uh, right near the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, bucket list item, golf, the famous Copperhead Golf Course, which is the uh, where the Valspar Championship is played every March. That We'll all remember that this year, that's where Tiger made his run, finished second, and uh, basically woke up the world to the fact that he was back by contending on a Sunday. He didn't win. But he was right there, and it was just a joy to play Copperhead. Uh, played a few PGA tournament courses in my time, and uh, it was really just amazing. Uh, great weather, good to be down south, as we had a course cold week up here in December, up here in Boston. So I wrote an article about it. Uh, in the publication I write for, which is www.newengland.golf, all about uh, what it's like to stay at Innisbrook, a spectacular resort, legendary, actually, 
Uh, again, a mere under a half an hour from the Tampa airport, uh, minutes away from the Gulf of Mexico, and of course, to have the opportunity to play Copperhead, where the pros play every March, was uh, was just wonderful. So you can read all about it again at uh, www.newengland.golf. And now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., Merry Christmas Eve to you, and how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. Merry Christmas Eve to you and the audience, and glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you so much for calling in on what I'm sure for all of us is a busy Christmas Eve, but uh, uh, 
Always a good time to talk football. There's never a bad time to talk football. And <laughs> speaking of which, uh, yeah, you're, it's here, AP, the, the week of the college football playoff semifinals has arrived. And uh, I know you're going to be down covering what should be an awesome uh, Alabama-Oklahoma game this coming Saturday night in Miami. Uh, where the Dolphins play at Hard Rock Stadium. And uh, you're going to be there, so I'm guessing you're pretty excited. I'm really excited because these are two Blue Blood programs. They don't play that often. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Alabama's only beaten Oklahoma one time, and that was in the 62, or it was actually the 63 Orange Bowl, the 62 team. Joe Namath was a sophomore. They beat Oklahoma 17 to nothing, and... President Kennedy was uh, at the game, and they had the the uh, coin toss. I believe the players went near the sideline. Really, I don't think he went to the center of the field. And I've always spoken to Leroy Jordan. He's told me the story many times. He still has the 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 half dollar coin that was uh, President Kennedy used to to set the tone, right? And so he has that as a memorabilia. And he always uh, takes a lot of pride in telling people how he kept that coin. And Alabama went against uh, Coach Bryant. Coach was against Bud Wilkinson, the great Oklahoma legend. Wow. That, that's a great story, AP. We're talking, obviously, the early 60s. And how ironic, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, President Kennedy's picture was later on the 50-cent piece, back when people used to carry <laughs> around 50-cent pieces. I think I'm correct about that. But So yeah, what a keepsake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah. Uh, uh, what a keepsake for Leroy Jordan. And wow, so that's pretty amazing. So first time these two are playing since the early 60s. That's just remarkable. And uh, <laughs> AP, it should be great. Uh, now, have they have the teams arrived in Miami yet? I think they have, right? Oh, well, uh, Oklahoma arrived yesterday. Alabama's supposed to arrive today at noon. And, yeah, John, that series, that, that was the first game they ever played. And then they played in the Blue Bonnet Bowl in 1970, which ended up being a, a, a tie ball game. I think it was 24-all, I think, or 21-all. And they, Oklahoma had Greg Prude and Jack Mildred and is in the old Blue Bonnet Bowl. And then they didn't play again until uh, I think there was a series uh, early 2000s, home and away, and Oklahoma won both of those. And then Alabama played them in the Sugar Bowl, and it were ahead in the ball game, but uh, they ended up losing to Oklahoma. So they've only beaten Oklahoma one time, and that was with Joe Namath. So Oklahoma's won the last three. Wow. That's amazing. And, of course, when you say 1971, uh, that, of course, was the famous game of the century that really might have been the game of the century. I remember it. It was on Thanksgiving Day. And that, of course, was the famous Oklahoma-Nebraska game. And I remember, of course, Jack Mildren and Greg Pruitt. And then, of course, Nebraska had the Johnny Rogers and Jerry Taggy yeah. and I believe perhaps Rich Glover. But anyway, the game yeah. that was, yeah, in so my that mind, was- that really was the game of the century. Yeah, yeah, that that team, uh, John, the 1970 team, which Alabama played, that was the precursor to that 
great Oklahoma team in 71 who played Nebraska oh, okay. in that game of the century. Yeah. So All they right. had started the wishbone like in Oklahoma started running the wishbone, I think, in either 69 or 70 for sure. And uh, Barry Switzer was the offensive coordinator at the time. And they had uh, Greg Pruitt, Jack Nogent, Joe Wiley was a fast halfback as well. And, oh, yeah. Uh, they, were, they were a good football team. But Alabama managed to come back and tie, and then they had a chance to win the game at the end with a field goal, and they missed the field goal. And so that one, and on the plane back, Coach Bryant had a yellow legal pad. He was sitting uh, up front in the, in the jet, and he was making some notations, and he kind of really came, made that decision. Maybe he was thinking about it seriously, running that wishbone, which they ended up uh, implementing that fall three weeks before they played Southern California. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the wishbone, certainly all the rage in those days. Of course, remember the great Texas teams with uh, uh, James, James Street, Street as the quarterback and his, whose son, Houston, is now a closer in the Major League Baseball, of course. And then uh, Steve Wooster, the running back, who was just fabulous. And uh, on and on. <laughs> I mean, uh, to say that was a thing and dominant, basically, it was unstoppable for a few years. There's no other way to say it. And uh, Yeah, it sure uh, was. Yeah, great days, and uh, I remember a lot of those games, and I certainly remember the wishbone era like it was yesterday, and I know you do too. You, you're an expert on the wishbone, right? Well, that's our documentary, and by, by the way, the Wishbone Boys book has come out now, and it's available on Amazon.com. For those who are interested, you can just go to Amazon Books and put in the Wishbone Boys, and it should pop up, and it has many of those interviews that we've done through the years, and uh, we're looking forward to airing that documentary, hopefully this fall, on CBS Sports Network. That is awesome, AP. Wow. I know it's a big project you've been working on forever, and uh, yes. just a great topic, too. So uh, we're, we're always looking forward to that uh, down the road, that's for sure. So, AP, uh, you're heading down to Miami soon, and... Uh, you're going to be down there covering uh, covering Bama as they prepare for the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Flying down from New Orleans tomorrow morning to Fort Lauderdale, and I'm looking forward, John. I, I think one of the questions that I'd like to pose to some of the Oklahoma players is, what is their impression of Alabama? Because I remember the first time that Alabama and Clemson played in the playoffs or the bowl game recently, and I, they were they were in slight awe of Alabama that first right. year. Uh, you know, they weren't positive they can play with Alabama, but they did. You know, it was a close ball game. Alabama won. Well, the next year when they faced off again, there was no question in their mind that they could compete with Alabama. And sure enough, they won the ball game. Um, so I wanted to talk to those players from Oklahoma to see what they think about playing an SEC team. You know, the best team in the SEC and you know, they played Georgia last year, so they've got a taste of that type of team with power and speed. And, I mean, they were able to score points against Georgia, and Georgia had a good defense last year. But um, we shall see. I know Alabama's scoring close to 50 and Oklahoma's scoring close to 50, so somebody's got to slow someone down. Exactly. I, I, I could see a, a Rams-Chiefs game-like <laughs> game score of 54-51 or whatever it was um, back a few Monday nights ago. And, 
yeah, it's conceivable with these two super high-powered offenses. And, and let's not forget, of course, you know, we're talking one-two in the Heisman Trophy race as well. So we're looking at the two best quarterbacks in the country, two best players in the country, period. Uh, Tua oh, oh. and uh, Kyler Murray, of course. Yeah, great storyline, John. Big 12 versus SEC, Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winner, runner-up to Otunga Vailoa, Nick Saban, uh, the up-and-coming next pretty good coach, I would say, Lincoln Riley. I mean, there's a lot of storylines, you know, two blue blood, progr- blue blood programs, Alabama and Oklahoma. So, you know, a lot of crimson, a lot of red, a lot of crimson in that game. Exactly. Shades, instead of shades of gray, it'll be shades of red, um, to say the <laughs> least, or shades of crimson. Maybe they'll make a movie right, out of it. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the game of the year. It goes without saying. I mean, this is one that, you know, America's really going to get behind. I think it's going to break viewership records, uh, certainly for a Saturday night on New Year's weekend from Miami, of uh, you know, great city to host. And uh, yeah. But, you, you know, we're talking entertainment here, and you could not have a more entertaining matchup than this. And, uh, you know, with high-powered offenses. So should be great. Will be great. Yeah, John. For people who are not, you know, enamored with football, they're going to watch because there's a lot of points going to be put on the board. And right. that will lure them to the television to watch these two teams we go back and forth, uh, probably initially, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen when you have a layoff of four weeks, which team has adapted and uh, came back with more rhythm and timing than the other. I'm not sure, but if Alabama's defense can slow them down a couple of times and then not have any turnovers, I think they have a good chance to win because Alabama has the big backs if they get the football make the defense tackle the big backs from Alabama and you get some people in space and, you know, the wide receivers at Alabama are very talented and shifting elusive and we'll see what happens. But Oklahoma, they, they have a lot of weapons, John, a lot of weapons, you know. They have um, uh, two 1,000-yard receivers. They have a 1,000-yard running back, a 900-yard running back. And then Scott, um, Kyler Murray himself ran for 892 yards uh, and a lot of times there's some design plays where he's going to run the football. So he's magical back there. And, but, you know, he's played against Alabama the freshman time when he was at Texas A&M. Oh, is that right? Actually, oh, so he has yeah, experience. Actually, That's actually fascinating. Through, actually through an interception. Yeah, actually through wow. an interception. Okay. So, I don't, you know, and the main person you want to be calm out there and feel that they can win is your quarterback. So he's played against Alabama. He didn't win. But at least he's had a taste of that style of defense. Absolutely. The, that speaks volumes. I mean, the, the, I can't think of anything more important than the fact that he's simply been on the field with Alabama before, which will greatly, I would think, you know, reduce any intimidation factor. And let's face it, yeah, as we've seen with Clemson, as we've seen with Georgia, you know, these those two teams don't fear Alabama. And as a result, we've had some of the greatest games in recent memory between Alabama and Clemson <laughs> and Alabama and Georgia, right? And if, uh, and, and if Oklahoma, if, yeah, and if Oklahoma, you know, is not beat before they walk onto the field, uh, we could get another game, hopefully as great as last year's semifinal, which, of course, was the incredible Oklahoma 
Georgia semifinal game in the Rose Bowl. Yes. That was just one of the greatest games in history. And uh, uh, let's hope we get another one of those because I, I think there's a, a real good chance that we will, AP. Yeah, I think so, too. And you saw Georgia um, had to come from behind. It looked like Oklahoma was going to win the ball game. I think they had at least, at least a 17-point lead, lead, if I remember correctly. And then they came from behind, and they they ran the football, and Oklahoma's defense really was non-existent. So, but right, I, like I said, o- Oklahoma needs to make some have some turnovers, but I don't think they're prone to making the other team turn the ball over. And Alabama does not turn the ball over normally, but in this game, when you've been off for four weeks, John, you just can never tell what's going to happen. When, well, that's exactly uh, right. Know, the teams get back together after four weeks. Exactly right, AP. You just don't know. Um, but, you know, based on some of the semifinals we had, specifically the game we just mentioned, Oklahoma-Georgia last year, there, there, there's every reason to believe it could be epic. So, can't wait. Uh, I'm sure you're just so excited. Great week and, uh, you know, a great game and a great locale, to put it mildly. Heading to Miami on Christmas Day. I love it. So uh, it's going to be great, and I'm sure you're going to see a memorable game. So that's great, AP. Good for you. Yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see. That's a lot of offensive talent on the field, John. I mean, when you have two quarterbacks that can throw the football, I mean, that makes it a lot of fun from a stand. From a fan standpoint, absolutely no. It's going to be great. Uh, millions will be tuned in, including me. And uh, AP, hard to believe we've already come to the end of our first break. These things fly when we're talking uh, the best the college football has to offer. And uh, so, why don't we take our break now, and uh, we'll get to some more hot takes on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we talked in the previous segment about the fact that you're covering the Alabama-Oklahoma game this Saturday night, college football playoff semifinal which is awesome, and uh, they never get old, do they, AP? No, no, because you like to see the competition. It's unscripted drama. There's nothing like it, John, to see two teams go against each other and the strategies that will be involved and uh, all these great All-Americans and all-conference players, and a lot of them, maybe their paths have crossed through the years while they were in high school at All-Star Games on the recruiting trail. So it's all the, everything is like stitched together. Exactly, exactly. Uh, No, it's going to be great, but at the end of the day, like you said in the previous segment, it's going to get that crossover audience uh, for a couple of reasons. I think start with, you know, high-powered offenses, brand names, Oklahoma, Alabama, uh, one, two in the Heisman Trophy voting, and, you, you know, Big-time coaches, you know, you, know, you know, the master Nick Saban against the clearly the number one up-and-comer, uh, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, who who I've been hearing has NFL coaches uh, getting in touch with him left and right and visiting, uh, setting up appointments, so to <laughs> yeah. speak. So uh, his future uh, could be impacted uh, by how he does in this game, to say the least. He's already a hot commodity uh, so we'll see where that all leads. Just so many, so many storylines. Uh, and the fact that it's, you know, Saturday night, 8 o'clock from Miami just elevates it. But there is another game. Let's not forget that. And uh, pretty high-powered in and of itself, AP. Clemson making their fourth, that's impressive, fourth uh, straight college football playoff final four appearance and so four straight semifinal and AP uh, they're going up against America's most storied football program Notre Dame I mean you talk crossover audience and you talk lead in to the Alabama game it doesn't get any better than this you know with Notre Dame I mean that gets people who people who watch that game that don't watch football period and Notre Dame undefeated 
uh, as is Clemson, as is Alabama. Um, so what a great lead-in game. It all starts at 4 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, excuse me, let me double-check that. Want to get this right, AP? Yeah, it's 4 p.m. Clemson, Notre Dame, 8 p.m. Alabama, uh, Oklahoma. So, yeah, 4 p.m. Yes. From Dallas, Jerry World. So that's going to be a fun fun venue, too. So that's going to be a great game. Oh, yeah, it should be. You know, Notre Dame, John, they're semi uh, members of the ACC, you might say, playing those four or five games every year. And exactly so they right. had a, good success this year, and and uh, that's the most I've ever seen anybody uh, wrestle Notre Dame to the ground to make them do something for a conference, right? And absolutely, <laughs> so absolutely. So, well, I guess we'll call them associate uh, members, right? Right, associates or something. Yes, that'd be a good term <laughs> to use. But right. Notre Dame, they made that switch at quarterback. That was the right decision for yep. uh, Brian Kelly. And they've had a lot of success. And although they've struggled on offense, John, the one thing that impresses me is they're undefeated. And that's very difficult to do in this day and age. So they have a mindset of always winning, doing something to uh, come out on the victory side. So Notre Dame, they're going to have a chance. Uh, Probably need a turnover or two from Clemson. Clemson's got that ferocious defensive line, that front four. All those players will be in the NFL at some point. They're very yep. good. Probably, the, prob- I would say as a, as a unit, probably the best in America. And then one thing that's different about Clemson this year, John, they have a true passer in Lawrence. So Correct. he's Freshman. different from Kelly Bryant where he can, he can make the throws. He has big receivers, fast receivers, good running back, right? Um, was in the Heisman Trophy mix, ATN. And uh, so Clemson, excellent offensive team, can, can really beat you down defensively as well if you don't you know, block them up front and give the quarterback from Notre Dame a difficult time. But, but like I say, Notre Dame, they played the ACC team. They're going to have a chance in this game. No doubt about it. Uh... Yes, Clemson is great. Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, he kind of sold me when he came up here to Boston College just a few weeks back and handled a good Boston College team pretty handily. Uh, and the kicker being that he had never played in a game in his life uh, below whatever, 40 degrees or freezing. And it was cold that night. I'm right here in Boston. And, uh, and didn't bother him at all. So that told me a lot about him. And, uh, yes. and you know, Clemson, I mean, I was out at the national championship game, Clemson, Alabama, uh, the first the first one, Clemson, Alabama won. And uh, one thing's for sure, down in Dallas, they are going to have uh, a lot of fans because, as I've said on this show before, that Clemson fight song is still ringing in my head. I think it will forever. <laughs> I was sitting right beside the entire Clemson fan base, we're talking easily 30,000 people, half of yeah. the upper level of Jerry World. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'll just never forget it. Or, excuse me, the uh, uh, University of Phoenix Stadium out in, in uh, Phoenix, that one. Um, okay. Jerry World was the year before that I attended, Ohio State, Oregon. 
Um, right, right. That was the first one. That was the first one. That was one. the first one. Exactly. Um, so, AP, yes. Uh, so, the fans follow Clemson like, you know, like Alabama. They're going to have a gigantic fan base there, but, you know, nobody has a fan base like Notre Dame. As we know, Notre Dame is going to bring eyeballs to the screen that might never, ever watch college football because it's Notre Dame. That's how strong the brand name is, the most storied program in American history. And uh, so that's going to add a tremendous element to it all. And you said it perfectly. There's two undefeated teams going against each other. That, 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 that's a kicker in and of itself. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the way that, you know two teams can play a pretty good schedule and go through the whole season, and you survive all the miscues, the days when your quarterback's not playing as well, and you know the other team is fired up. Maybe they're having a very good day, and you're still undefeated at this point in the season. So I salute both teams. It's very difficult to to have an unblemished record. And, and Notre Dame, like I said, they made the correct decision, changing quarterbacks, which gave them a better chance to win. And Brian yes. Kelly, you know, he's, he, he improved his team. I, I think they're improved probably defensively. And that's going to be the key, really. Can they match Clemson's speed and all their physical talent for 60 minutes? Because, John, you, you know as well as I, when you guard somebody all, you know, 58 minutes, all it has to be is one assignment's missed, and that, that speed just makes you look like you, you, you can't compensate. You can't compensate for that speed. Oh, yeah. Clemson's defense is just incredible. You know, the way they get after the quarterback is uh, practically unique in what we're used to seeing in college football. You said it perfectly. Uh, most, if not all, of their front players are on defense are going to be playing on Sunday. And you just don't see that hardly ever. But no. that's how talented they are. That's the key to the team. And, you know, one more time, we have no reason to believe otherwise. But, you know, you, you can't help but wonder how Trevor Lawrence is going to do under the really bright lights. Uh, I think he's going to do well. Everything I t- have seen so far, he was the number one recruited high school quarterback in the country last year. Let's start with that. And uh, so I think he's going to do terrific. Um, And again, Ian Book, the Notre Dame quarterback, who's, uh, you know, was put in there by Brian Kelly. He wasn't the starter at the beginning of the season, but Brian Kelly pulled the, you know, the the coaching decision of the year, quite possibly, by putting him in there uh, after a few games, and the rest is history, undefeated. They needed to be undefeated to make the Final Four, and they and they got it done. So, all credit to them. Yeah, Notre Dame, uh, they kind of slowed down a little bit at the end of the year. Correct. You know, John, when you're trying to win that last game, it changes your perspective and your outlook because you're on the cusp of reaching the, the tournament, which is right. the college football playoffs. And they played a USC team on the West Coast that gave them fits pretty right. much all game, but they, they outlasted them. I think it was 24-17, to 17, I think was the final. And you're thinking, how could Notre Dame, who's undefeated, be struggling against USC, who had five or six losses? But this is the, the, one of the aspects of sports that I think people miss, that everyone's human. And when you're getting down to 
where all the eyes are on you and you're, like I say, on the fringe of making the playoffs or getting into the final four, let's say, or, or winning the seventh game in the World Series, some people have a tendency to tighten up. Exactly, plus staying get, undefeated. Yeah, but I think when, yeah, staying undefeated. But I think when you get into the playoffs, I think everyone on both sides should be fine. I don't think right. you'll see one one team or the other really. You know, I think they'll be playing loose. I think both teams will be playing loose. I totally agree. I totally agree. They've arrived to a certain degree. Their lights are brighter, obviously, but. These are brand programs, as is Oklahoma and Alabama, and all four teams uh, have been around the block. So uh, we're not going to have any stage fright going on, and I think it's just going to be great. I really can't wait, and uh, and I'm sure you can't either. So it's going to be quite quite the Saturday night. Uh, to say the least, for football fans and uh, AP, we're actually uh, here with the. Uh, Running out of time on this segment uh, and time for our final break. So we have a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, we've uh, been talking college football playoff semifinals this coming Saturday, so obviously that is my pick of the week for appointment viewing. Saturday night, 4 p.m. Eastern, is Clemson-Notre Dame. 8 p.m. Eastern is Alabama-Oklahoma. And AP, you'll be there at Alabama-Oklahoma game in, uh, in Miami, and you're, you're, you're heading down tomorrow, Christmas Day, to, to get the whole process started, and Alabama is arriving today. Is that correct? Yeah, they'll be arriving today. I, uh, I think it's at noon, and Oklahoma came in yesterday, John. So the Sooners are... Arrived early. <laughs> right. The Sooners are in the house, and Alabama soon will be if they're, you know, uh, momentarily. Uh, but, you know, we've covered, obviously, that, and as well as the Clemson-Notre Dame game. But there are other intriguing bowl games, to say the least. And one is clearly, you know, uh, the Rose Bowl. Always a good game, no matter who's playing. But in this case, Washington versus Ohio State. Uh, for what will be Urban Meyer's last game as Ohio State coach, uh, we believe. So he says. and uh, For a while. So for a while. <laughs> for a while. That's noteworthy in and of itself, AP. It was his dream job. Tough year for him. Uh, he obviously announced his retirement a week or two ago and really haven't touched on it yet. Uh, but, you know, you, know, you got to tune into that game just because it's his last game. He's a legendary right. coach he's done things no other coach has ever done in the history of college football so uh, and a gigantic presence on the on the college football stage so that'll be intriguing ap have to tune into that one yeah absolutely and i wonder which team is more motivated in that game john correct uh, ohio state will they want to give Urban Meyer a big send-off by winning his last game, or are they disappointed that he's leaving? And it's Washington, who who was the Pac-12 favorite and came back to you know beat Washington State, who was looked to be set to be the Rose Bowl uh, participant, but they ended up winning that game. So I think Washington, they're probably pretty highly motivated to, to win that game and because they're being overshadowed by Ohio State, but I don't know. Like I said, we'll find out probably early if the Buckeyes and uh, if they want to win that game for Urban Meyer. Absolutely, AP. We will know, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not about Washington, and Washington knows it. I mean, it's all about Ohio State. Washington feels that they're an elite top ten program, which they are, <laughs> and uh, yet they're being completely. Uh, overlooked. It's like the Urban Meyer farewell party. So that's worthwhile. And the other intriguing game to me, AP, is easily we've talked about them a lot on this show with good reason. We we, we, we cover the uh, American Athletic Conference, have since its inception. And of course, that's University of Central Florida, UCF, playing LSU in uh in the Fiesta Bowl. So uh, another opportunity for UCF with the nation's longest winning streak. 
uh, over 20 games now, uh, two undefeated seasons in a row to take down a big-time SEC team like LSU after last year beating Auburn in the Peach Bowl. So that's going to be a good one, AP. Yeah, another another case of Central Florida highly motivated to win that ball game and continue their winning streak, and they're taking on an SEC team, the supposedly the most powerful uh, league in the nation. So I, I look for Central Florida to give LSU all they want. LSU has trouble scoring. They have trouble scoring points. That could be a problem. Of course, Central Florida, their defense is not very good. If, if maybe LSU has a game plan where they're going to run the football, keep keep their offense on the side, keep Central Florida's offense on the sideline. But I, I I want to watch that game. I want to check it out and see if Central Florida if they can beat another SEC team two years in a row in the bowl game. I mean, this is not playing you know one of the bottom feeders. This is one of the uh, top programs in the league with talent, and uh, so we'll see what happens. But Central Florida. As I've stated many times, I will continue to say that was a brilliant marketing plan they came up with to claim one of the uh, claim the national championship last year, and I think it was all done in jest. But people take that very seriously, John. They do not like having Central Florida uh, say that they're the national champion of uh, last season. So I'm sure LSU there they want to have a say in the matter, and they. So what happened to Auburn if you don't come ready to play against Central Florida? Nobody will be taking them lightly anymore, that's for sure, including LSU, starting with LSU. Intriguing note to that right. game, AP. Uh, what I'm looking at shows that, of course, it's a Fiesta Bowl in Phoenix, but I'm showing uh, you know, early game for out there, you know, 1 p.m. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, you know, and I know their time change out there is a little crazy, but that could be 11 a.m., Arizona yeah. time, if I'm so that's right. intriguing, unique time, and good for them. And it's going up against, you know, I mean, a lot of games right at that hour, you know, Kentucky, Penn State in Orlando Citrus Bowl, and, uh, you know, starting before that in the Outback Bowl, right down the road from Orlando and Tampa, will be, of course, the, uh, the Outback Bowl with, uh, Mississippi State and Iowa, so going to be a fun day. There's nothing like New Year's Day college bowl games, right? No, that's one of the best days in the year when I was growing up. I loved January 1st, or whatever day it was designated as New Year's Day, to watch those college football games. I couldn't wait. And watch the parades as well. Uh, Absolutely, and to bring it full circle, AP, some of my earliest memories of those fabulous bowl games, uh, or let's just say when I was, you know, at just the right age, uh, you know, preteen years, what have you, was indeed those famous, you know, wishbone games with Texas and Notre Dame, uh, yeah. people like Joe Montana and, and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> it seemed like Texas and Notre Dame played all the time, of course, as did, you know, Alabama, Oklahoma, Nebraska, just fond, fond USC, memories. USC, Ohio State. Yeah. Always in the Rose Bowl, of course. Uh, great time of year, and it's going to be great. And speaking of great time of year, AP, it's hard to believe we've wrapped up the show. It's, uh, And I just want to thank you again for calling in on Christmas Eve and wish you happy holidays. Enjoy the game on Saturday. It'll be epic. Hey, thank you, John, so much for having me on the show. I want to wish the audience a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And Thank you so much for having me on today. And 
we look forward to the next time we can get together. Absolutely, AP. And uh want to, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again every Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.